welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we explored embracing the F-word of flexibility. We had a great conversation at the flock meeting about how embracing flexibility can help us ensure we're allocating our time to allow for the things that matter to us most. This week, we're going to look at a topic that always comes to mind this time of year, the upcoming holiday season. And while I hope for you that the holidays are consistently a season full of celebration, connection, and joy, some of you might also be a bit like me, where the extra expectations, seemingly endless to-do lists, tight timelines, and increased social invitations can be just a wee bit stressful, especially now that MS is such an established part of my life. So today, we'll look at ways people with chronic illness can plan ahead to make this season of celebration and busyness just a little easier. My gratitude today is for Santa Bill. As a youngster in the 1970s who started playing soccer very young, I remember meeting a soccer referee named Bill Wallu, who would ref my games well into adulthood. My folks actually knew Bill from church long before then, and Bill had reached out to my dad, who was a musician, to lead caroling efforts while he dressed up as Santa Claus for the youth incarcerated at the Santa Clara County Juvenile Hall facility. It was important to Bill to let the kids know that there were people in the community who really cared about them and hoped that once they got out of the facility, they would find ways to live the rest of their lives outside of the correctional system. Santa Bill also wanted to remind them of the power of the Christmas spirit and give them a special meal and gifts for the wards to bring them just a little more joy during the holidays. This, to me, is Christmas and what the holiday season is all about. I spent every year from the mid-80s until 2014 caroling at Juvenile Hall, and for several years I helped Santa Bill purchase books for the students at Juvenile Hall to promote their continued education efforts with the generous donations collected each year by the St. Thomas Aquinas Church community. As someone who celebrates Christmas, I could never really feel in true Christmas spirit until after caroling at Juvenile Hall. 
There was something special about giving time, joy, and care to others in this way that jump-started the Christmas spirit in me, in a way that decorations, the anticipation of gathering with loved ones, or the hustle and bustle of the season was unable to ignite. In 2015, shortly before our annual caroling event, I experienced my first serious MS attack, transverse myelitis. And since I lost all use of my hands and was experiencing struggles with my left leg, I could not continue my role of helping to lead the caroling by playing my flute, nor would I be able to safely walk up and down all those stairs. That was the first year that MS made Christmas feel really different to me, and I had to adjust my expectations of myself and the season and find joy and purpose in other ways. In 2016, at age 89, Santa Bill celebrated his 50th year of caroling and playing Santa at Juvenile Hall. There was a lovely and quite emotional ceremony thanking him for his years of dedicated service. It was around that time, too, that Bill finally retired as a soccer referee. Since I struggled with a severe case of optic neuritis in the fall of 2016, which requires me to avoid fluorescent lighting to this day, it was sadly impossible for me to attend. Bill's son and grandson became more involved in the last decade as the Santa responsibilities became too heavy for Bill to carry alone. And after 2016, they fully took over wearing the suit. We'll have to see what happens to this incredible annual event post-pandemic, as it has not been at all possible the last two years. And sadly, Santa Bill now has his angel wings and is celebrating his Christmas season differently too. Although, if there is a life beyond this one, I'm certain he's found a way to add his own unique holiday sparkle wherever he may be. What this all taught me at a very young age and throughout my life is that the holidays are a very meaningful time where everyone wants to feel cared for and care for others. To me, it's not really about the gifts or the food or the other traditions we indulge in year after year. It's more about being generous with others, perhaps extending an olive branch, finding new ways to experience joy if our old ways are no longer feasible, and being grateful we get to experience another season of holiday celebrations on this planet. Keeping this focus as my life changes and I change along with it, helps me maintain focus toward what matters most. So today, my eternal thanks to you, Santa Bill, for showing me what to prioritize this time of year. I wish you many continued ho-ho-hos in Santa heaven. You have certainly earned your wings. If you've been living with MS for a while, you've likely noticed that some aspects of life are more challenging than before. While the holiday season has always been a season of increased hustle and bustle, it maybe didn't used to feel so weighty. Over the past handful of years, I've developed some ways to ease myself into the season, pace myself throughout the season, and plan ahead to make the season more enjoyable. Today, we'll look at what the research says about ways to best manage the holiday season as people living with chronic illness. 
According to surveys conducted by several different MS-supporting organizations, it's a pretty even split between those of us who find the holidays to be no different than other times of the year and those of us who do. And yet, the vast majority of us agree wholeheartedly that our pain and other symptoms worsen with stress, extra activity, and the increase of time-bound expectations. Since the holiday season typically comes with plenty of opportunities for increased stress, activity, and time-bound expectations, it's no wonder so many of us struggle with maintaining joy and finding the energy we'd like to fully celebrate this time of year. According to a 2015 Healthline survey of the general population, in other words, not limited to people living with MS or other chronic illnesses, 62% of respondents described their holiday stress levels as very or somewhat elevated during the holidays, while only 10% reported no elevated stress during the season. The three main reported stressors were finances, time, and energy. If you're like me, the conversation about holidays has already begun. And this year, it's even more complicated since my immediate family, consisting of my partner Eric and I, have decided to take a more conservative approach to the COVID-19 pandemic than our larger shared family unit. Being able to share the most recent CDC guidelines has been helpful to get us all on the same page of respecting the different ways we're each hoping to engage with one another over the holidays this year. I'll share the most recent CDC guidelines here in case they are helpful to you to have on your radar as you prepare to communicate your current comfort levels to extended family. This is especially important since many of us have additional layers of health directives given our MS and our chosen treatments impacts on our immune system functionality. The latest CDC recommendations for the 2021 holidays are simple. Number one, get vaccinated. The CDC says, quote, because many generations tend to gather to celebrate holidays, the best way to minimize COVID-19 risk and keep your family and friends safer is to get vaccinated if you're eligible. Protect those not yet eligible for vaccination, such as young children, by getting yourself and other eligible people around them vaccinated. Number two, celebrate outdoors if you can and wear face masks when indoors. The CDC advises avoiding crowded, poorly ventilated spaces with people outside of your immediate household and encourages indoor mask wearing as an extra layer of protection, even amongst fully vaccinated groups. The CDC states, quote, you might choose to wear a mask regardless of the level of transmission if a member of your household has a weakened immune system, is at increased risk for severe disease, or is unvaccinated. And number three, if traveling, do so safely. According to the CDC, quote, everyone, even people who are fully vaccinated, is required to wear a mask on public transportation. For people who are unable to be vaccinated or have chosen not to be vaccinated, the CDC recommends testing before your trip, wearing a mask, distancing as much as possible from people outside your household, and washing hands or using hand sanitizer often and thoroughly.
They also recommend getting tested upon your arrival and self-quarantining for 7 to 10 days, even if you test negative, before engaging with people from other households. Moving away from pandemic guidelines, let's dive into ways that folks with chronic illness might struggle over the holidays and solutions. The most prevalent complaint about the holidays is the elevated stress that comes with it. We'll get into the root causes of holiday stress and solutions in a minute, but first, I want to acknowledge that everyone, regardless of if they have MS or not, experiences stress. Stress can increase our heart rate, cause us to be more irritable, detract from our ability to focus, and can increase feelings of depression and anxiety. It's important we understand as people living with MS that the exacerbations we may experience with elevated stress levels can temporarily make us feel worse, but gratefully those reactivated symptoms are not permanent. As people living with MS, it's important we acknowledge that many of us tend to be more sensitive to these elevated stress levels since our central nervous systems are on higher alert. So, while we're not unique in experiencing elevated levels of stress during the holidays or other high-stress times of the year, we are unique in how intensely the stress may impact us. There is no shame in this, but it is something that we may need to communicate to others to help them understand what it's like to live with a chronic illness like MS that unfortunately doesn't ease up over the holiday season, no matter how much we'd like it to. And this comes to the first recommendation of how to enjoy the holidays with a chronic illness. Number one, communicate our needs. What do we need to safely enjoy the holidays? Is it helpful to reiterate CDC guidelines or communicate that some MS symptoms like pain, muscle weakness, vision challenges, and mobility difficulties make gatherings or travel more difficult? It's okay for us to say, I'm not feeling well enough to make it this year, or I'm not feeling well enough to host a holiday event this year. If a simple no isn't accepted, we might need to gently remind people that MS doesn't take the holidays off, even if we all wish it did. In a similar way, if we feel lonely, isolated, or depressed, it's important to reach out to others. This year, we also might be mourning a loss of a loved one. In addition to all the ongoing causes of death, while the ticker is still on the rise, we've lost more than 700,000 Americans to COVID-19. And the National Institute of Health estimates that over 140,000 children in the United States have lost a primary caregiver to COVID-19. Those are a lot of empty seats at the table this year. If someone close to us has recently died, or we can't be with loved ones for a variety of reasons, it's normal to feel sadness and grief. Trying to force happiness just because it's the holiday season doesn't work. By openly communicating our needs and emotions, hopefully others in our families will better understand and rally around one another with support. Number two, be flexible and adjust our expectations. When we need to say no, we can find something else to say yes to. 
For example, if travel is difficult, we could offer to host. Or if cooking is a challenge, we can organize a meal to be potluck style. Or takeout, as many restaurants now offer full holiday meal delivery options. If decorating is a challenge, we can include the decorating as part of the celebration and decorate together. Or if we are saying no to getting together in person, we can instead suggest a virtual meetup so we can all still enjoy each other's company as we open gifts, share holiday decorations, sing holiday songs, share favorite holiday memories, or our hopes for the future. Oftentimes, we have really high expectations for special events, and this can lead to disappointment. Letting go of our past expectations, doing things how we always have, is a great opportunity to embrace the F word of flexibility. If we focus on the aspects of the holiday that matter most to us, that can help us enjoy the holiday in a more simple way. This can also encourage us to find new ways to connect with loved ones, especially over time as children grow into adults and adopt their own traditions within their new family structures. Just because traditions change over time doesn't dilute their beauty. Number three, conserve our energy for what matters most and be realistic. When we feel more emotionally overwhelmed, are physically exhausted, or feel pushed and pulled in many different directions, we can feel drained and our holiday spirit may be depleted. Too many invitations? Too many expectations? By deciding which aspects of the holiday are most important to us, we can prioritize those and deprioritize the rest. We know that the feelings of overwhelm only exacerbates feelings of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. So doing what's most important and letting other things go can help us ensure we have enough of our energy spoons left for what really matters to us. Another aspect of energy conservation is to make smart decisions about travel, like ensuring we travel outside the busiest times, especially if we have struggles with vision or mobility. Number four, pace ourselves. Entertaining, shopping, travel, decorating, gift wrapping, shipping, cooking. It can feel like a whirlwind of frenzy, way too much especially for when many of us just getting through a typical day can be a challenge. Plan ahead. What can be done now? Make lists of gift ideas, menu ideas, and event planning ahead of time. Delegate. By making lists and checking them twice, we can prevent burnout. We can space out our events to ensure we have enough recovery time in between. Knowing that we have a prepared plan ahead of time and recruiting the necessary support team will help reduce the stress of accomplishing all necessary tasks. Number five, stick to our budget. It's easy to get caught up in the elevated commercialism that accompanies the holidays. The American Psychological Association's Holiday Stress Report indicated that middle and lower income citizens especially report increased financial stress during the holidays with all the pressure to spend more. 
setting a holiday budget, and sticking to it can keep us from dangerously overextending ourselves and then struggling to make ends meet following the holiday celebration. Remember, we can't buy true happiness, and there's no shortage of ways to stick to a budget and be thoughtful. Even donating to a charity in someone's honor, giving homemade gifts, and even gifts of time like babysitting or offering to help someone clear out their garage, or setting up a gift exchange so everyone only needs to buy one gift can all help us stay within our budget. Number six, free ourselves from keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Ever heard the phrase compare and despair? With the constant bombardment of advertisements and our neighbors' yards more and more decorated each year, it's natural for us to want to do more too as the ante is upped again and again. Another pressure we might feel is to share our yearly accomplishments with others through elaborate holiday cards and letters. Sometimes this can lead to feelings of resentment or disappointment that we didn't accomplish all the goals we set out to accomplish this year. It's important we remember that while goals are great, they don't always come to fruition in the time frame we hoped for. Rather than beat ourselves up for real or perceived failure, using this as an opportunity to reflect can be a much healthier and prolific process. Reevaluate. Why didn't I accomplish that yet? Is that goal still really that important to me? If it is, what can I do to approach this goal differently in the new year? Whom might I need to lean on for assistance? Reflecting and focusing on navigating the future differently rather than ruminating on past failures will get us further, faster. Number seven, stick to our diets and our other health supporting routines. The holidays are often synonymous with overeating and eating foods we don't typically eat. Many of us need to avoid certain foods, and foods with extra sodium and sugar, which are often holiday traditions, can have a much greater negative impact on us than others, as they modulate our immune system, digestive system, and often drain us of our already limited energy. Drinking more water to both decrease our appetite and help our body process seasonal food splurges can be helpful, as is eating a healthy snack before a holiday meal to prevent us from going overboard in the first place. Exercising, getting enough sleep, limiting our news and social media, and maintaining other health-supporting routines can help us navigate this season full of potential pitfalls and distractions. Number eight, when all else fails, rely on gratitude and mindfulness practices. Are there ways we can channel our efforts to do good for others in our community? Do we know people who cannot be with family this year and might really appreciate a little extra attention? Soup kitchens and food pantries offer great opportunities to care for others. Consider spending time giving to someone else in need. Helping others helps us get into the holiday spirit and deepens our gratitude for the season. Send a handwritten note to a loved one, or maybe even someone who might be awaiting an olive branch of forgiveness. Also, let's not forget the healing powers of nature. 
at an event and not enjoying ourselves? Get outside and take a walk. Offer to walk the dog or take the kids outside to play. Gratitude and mindfulness practices ground us and help recenter us to what's most important. Number nine, avoid triggering topics of conversation. Many people feel like we are experiencing a time of heightened polarization, especially when we invite topics like COVID-19, politics, and social justice to the table. Bringing up these topics, as well as other harmful historical family narratives, are as predictable as other holiday traditions. Setting discussion guidelines ahead of time to avoid these topics altogether for the sake of the holiday is not a bad idea. Gentle boundaries put in place can provide guardrails for those who are often tempted to push the envelope. And number 10, opt out. Sadly, not all families are able to experience joy and peace when they get together for the holidays. It's important to remember we always have a choice to decline spending time with others. If this resonates with you, I want to briefly share a helpful resource, Dr. Romani on YouTube, and specifically her video on holiday hygiene. She offers a lot of helpful ways to avoid falling into the chronic disappointment that can come with the holidays, including holding on to hope and believing this year might be different, and the dangerous and destructive nature of that repetitive, unrealized hope as a depression and anxiety trigger. This is especially important given that depression and anxiety are already so common within the MS and chronic illness community. As the holiday season approaches, I wish you nothing less than a wondrous time with loved ones. I hope you find a place of joy and harmony by utilizing some of the strategies shared here so that you can thoroughly enjoy what many hail as the most wonderful time of the year. I hope as we approach the holidays this year that we all, one, feel inspired to communicate openly with loved ones about what we can and cannot safely do to connect with others this holiday season. Two, that we take active steps to prevent elevated stress and risks of depression and anxiety by recognizing our own unique holiday triggers and proactively embracing new ways to diminish stress and expand love and joy. And three, that we all enjoy the holidays, however we end up spending them, and whomever we end up spending them with. I wish you much love, joy, and peace this holiday season. In our last episode, I asked for us, one, to link arms, and if we encounter anyone in our lives struggling to live well with MS, that we gather them into the fold so they know they are not alone in this. And two, that if you'd like to participate in our December event to set an MS health intention for 2022, to send an email to our flock email address to indicate your interest. Our next Misunderstood Flock meeting will be Saturday, December 4th. At the flock meeting, we'll discuss this episode and other episodes released this month, and just spend some virtual time together supporting one another as we all strive to live well with MS. If you're not yet a flock member but would like to be, join us. We meet via Zoom the first Saturday of each month.
You can learn more and join us by visiting patreon.com slash msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be well.